I had a visitor recently. She came to the house simply because she was concerned as to how I was doing, given my recent health issue. And she brought a plate of cookies, and she came, and she sat, and she prayed. All of that had great meaning to me, and I was very, very grateful. But there was something else that was particularly meaningful to me, and instructive, if you will. This individual, this woman, only three months ago had lost her husband. He died of pancreatic cancer. It was a lifelong love affair. And she herself is genuinely grieving and struggling and missing her dear husband. And yet, she drove 20 minutes to want to make sure that I was doing okay, to assure me of her support for Cheryl and for me. And then to have a talk about how she has been seeking to praise the Lord in the midst of loneliness and grief. And I found in that this incredible Christian resilience and a determination on her part to declare that even in difficult times, there is not only reason to praise the Lord, but it becomes especially important that we praise our Lord. Recently, I've been reading the Minor Prophets, trying to find little excerpts from those prophets that I can grow and develop and understand better. And once again, I came upon the prophet Habakkuk. And it starts out, if you've read it, with a complaint. He, he's looking around and he's asking God, where are you? In other words, why aren't you being more obvious? Show your face. Show off a little bit. Listen to these verses. How long, Lord, must I cry out to you for help? But you don't listen. I cry out violence, but you're not saving me. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict. The law is paralyzed. Justice doesn't prevail. The wicked seem to hem in the righteous so that even justice is perverted. Well, you know, you read those scriptures and you realize he was being blunt, honest with his assessment of what was happening in the world around him. And also his desire for God to show up, to answer his prayers, to relieve the burden that was in his heart. You know, as I read these few verses, I I have to be honest, I thought about our own culture here in the United States right now, anyone that pays any level of attention to the news sees so much violence, so much anger, vitriol, division. Out west in some of the large cities, they're having trouble with whole mobs of young people coming in and just stealing goods and running away. Road rage, out of control, 
a lot of crime and a lot of heartache. And I know for the community of Christ, we pray about that and we ask the Lord to come and we ask the Lord to intervene. My friend who was here, she was talking about her own loss and one of the things she said is, I am so wishing the trumpet would sound that Jesus would come back, that he would take us all to be with him, where we will praise him forever. She created a very touching image of herself and her husband before the throne, worshiping Jesus together and saying that she truly looks forward to that. It was a beautiful moment and a beautiful picture. But at the same time, She's wading through her own season of loss and a season of grief. And yet, as I mentioned, praising the Lord in the midst of it. Now, as Habakkuk makes this cry and he pleads with God, he suddenly hears from God and God says these words, I'm going to do something in your day, not way out in the future, that you wouldn't believe even if you were told. What God was saying to Habakkuk is, you, you think I'm being silent, you think I'm not responding, you think I'm not aware, but I am acting, and the fact that you don't see me acting doesn't mean that I'm not working to move the narrative arc of history toward that end when all will come under the authority and the honor and the power of Jesus Christ. Chapter 3 of Habakkuk is probably, well, there, let me just say there are some verses there that are probably very well known. It begins with a cry, his prayer, the Habakkuk prayer, Lord, I've heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Repeat them in our day, in our time. Make them known in wrath. Remember mercy. Habakkuk is saying, I, I've heard the stories of your intervention, of your power, of your deliverance, of your presence. And I'm asking that that be true again. Isn't that part of the cry of all of our hearts? Especially when things are difficult, Lord, show yourself. We believe in scripture. We believe in the stories. We believe in the deliverance. We believe in the healings and the miracles. Lord, let those things happen in our day. And we cry out like that because, well, things are difficult. We're hurting. And we're wanting to know that God's presence is with us that his presence is with us even if things don't change. Just the other night, I was meeting with our small group and actually was talking about this scripture and one of the gentlemen, great, great man, he said, do you know the one thing I cry out for is that when things are difficult, I can be sustained as long as I have the experience of God's presence. Isn't that true for all of us? I mean, we'd love our situation to change. We'd like things to be better than they are. 
We'd like the miracle or the deliverance or the provision. But I think as Christians, even more than that, what we long for is the experience of God's presence. And here in Habakkuk, what God is saying is, I'm there, you just don't feel me there. And I'm working, and I'm going to bring about my purpose, even though you don't see it, which leads us again to an incredible place of trust, of believing that even when we don't see the hand of God, he is holding us so tightly. Now now we come to what is probably the most famous part of Habakkuk. It's this declaration that the prophet makes in the midst of what he sees as very, very difficult times where he's not able to perceive what God is up to. And he has prayed, God, show your hand. We believe in what you've done in the past. We're asking you to do it again. But then this declaration, though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines. Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet, still, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Wow, what a declaration. He's saying, when things couldn't get worse... I'm going to still rejoice that God is my Savior, that God is for me, that Jesus is on the throne, that he's working on my behalf to sustain me and to provide for me, even when I don't see it. Now, look, I I want to admit, and I hope it relates somewhat to where you are in this, that it's not easy at all to praise the Lord when things are difficult. And it has to do with believing that God is our Father and He is good and that He has us in the very palm of His hand and that in the end, He will save us. It's almost as if you see these people crying out, who's going to save us? Who's going to deliver us? Who's going to provide for us? And even in this moment of lack, the prophet says, I know who's going to do that for me. And that is God. Even when I don't feel it or I see it, or at times when it appears as though things couldn't get worse. I was reading that and I thought, okay, that's important. It's not easy to do, but why should we do it? Well, I think part of it is it's a declaration of trust. It, it, It relates somewhat back to Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I have what I need because he is my shepherd, even when I don't see that I have what I need. So it is, a, it is a declaration, if you will, a confession that we make before heaven and earth. And we let people know where we stand.
But I think there's another reason. I, I think this is part of spiritual warfare. There's a great battle raging. And this recognizes that battle. And we decide that we're going to line up with the forces of light. We're going to make declarations in the darkness about the coming of the light and even our confidence that the light will come. I think that's in part what was going on here with Habakkuk. In a time when injustice and violence seem to be taking over the earth, he makes a declaration of faith and trust even when things couldn't be worse. And then he ends, if you will, with this great declaration of his own faith. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He's going to make my feet like the feet of a deer. And he's going to enable me to tread on the heights. You see, this is it's an act of spiritual warfare, an act of confession. And it also is, if you will, a birthplace of hope deep inside of us. That when we do not see the activity of God, and when it even appears that darkness will overwhelm us, we choose to declare that God is our Savior. And we will rejoice in that truth. I need that good word. Do you? I pray the Lord blesses you today and that he strengthens you and he strengthens me to make this declaration. God is our Savior.